This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where despite all the official assurances about cybersecurity during the election, the governor has been hacked by a Florida man. A new study from the Centers for Disease Control says the death toll from COVID-19 may be 25% higher than the official count. Our current death toll is 16,775, but this report says the real number could be as high as 21,000. The health department reported 66 more fatalities and 4,115 new cases of the virus on Wednesday. That brings the statewide total to more than 790,000 infections. Just how important is Florida in the 2020 election? Well, both presidential candidates are campaigning here today. Joe Biden is holding events in Broward County and Tampa. You know, I, I feel very good about Tampa. Um, you know, I think that's where he should be, and I'm glad they're making that trip. I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's exactly the trip I would do if I was on the hard side. Go to Broward and go to, and go to uh, Tampa. Donald Trump will also be in Tampa for a Make America Great Again rally. As early voting continues in the Sunshine State, the folks at Common Cause say they're getting about a thousand calls a day from Florida voters looking for help casting their ballots. So the biggest takeaway in Florida right now is, again, voter enthusiasm. 6.9 million Floridians have already cast their ballot. You'll hear more from Common Cause during Sunrise In-Depth later in the podcast. There's a lot of talk about how enthused voters are this year, but the head of Black Pack says it's more than that. She says black voters in Florida are angry with Donald Trump and determined to make a change. People are um, angry (laughs) about what is happening in the country, and they are more, I would say, determined than, you know, excited about what's happening um, right now. Prop 3 will remain on the ballot. The Florida Supreme Court has rejected a last-minute challenge to the amendment that would allow everyone to vote in the primaries, regardless of their party registration. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida woman who made more than $100,000 by returning thousands of items to Amazon over a five-year period. She thought she'd found a loophole in the return process. Detectives are calling it grand theft. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, October 29th. It was on this day in 1929 that the stock market crashed, triggering the Great Depression. It became known as Black Tuesday. A Florida man is charged with hacking the governor by accessing an online voter registration database and changing Ron DeSantis' official address. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement says 20-year-old Anthony Stephen Guevara of Naples also accessed the voter registrations of Senator Rick Scott, Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James, and basketball legend Michael Jordan, but he didn't make any changes in those accounts. FDLE says the registration address was changed via computer over a web browser, and that's about all the information they intend to release. Their spokespersons are not speaking, and no comment yet from the governor. DeSantis' address change was discovered Monday afternoon when the governor went to cast an early vote and was informed that his address was listed on Pretty Lane in West Palm Beach, not the governor's mansion, in Tallahassee. Guevara is charged with third-degree felony, which is punishable by up to five years in prison. Florida added 4,115 new cases of coronavirus Wednesday, increasing the statewide total of infections to more than 790,000. The health department also reported 66 more fatalities, raising the official death toll to 16,775. Now, despite the president's assurances that we are rounding the corner and doing great, the number of deaths and new cases in the U.S. is climbing in almost every state. And a new report from the CDC says the actual death toll could be 25% higher than the official numbers when you include people listed as having died of other causes that were actually brought on by the pandemic. If that's true for Florida, our real death toll would be about 21,000 right now. The Florida Supreme Court rejects a lawsuit that would have invalidated Amendment 3 on the ballot. 
The all-voters vote proposition would open party primaries to all voters regardless of party affiliation. It was challenged at the last minute in a lawsuit alleging the change would hurt minority representation in government. When that suit was filed, Glenn Burhans with the all-voters vote campaign told us it was political tripe with no legal basis. Right now there are three and a half million uh, duly qualified, legally registered voters who pay taxes uh, for the elections that they're blocked from participating in. Out of that three and a half million voters are 1.6 million voters of color, 1.7 million women voters. And the message of the politicians and the two major parties is to those minorities and those women voters, sit down and shut up because your voice doesn't matter and your vote doesn't count merely because they won't join a private club. I think it's shameful and Florida voters deserve better. Only the politicians could argue that minority representation would be harmed by adding 1.6 million minority voters to the process. Their argument is specious. The report that it's based upon is, is failed, rather. And um, the, the legal case is without merit. The Supreme Court has already ruled upon the sufficiency of the ballot language. They're just rehashing more of the same. Wednesday's decision means Amendment 3 remains on the ballot, but its fate is still uncertain. It takes 60% of the voters to add an amendment to the state constitution. As the electoral clock ticks down, both presidential candidates are campaigning in Florida today. Donald Trump speaks in Tampa at 1.30, where he's holding a Make America Great Again rally at Raymond James Field. His rival, Joe Biden, will be in Broward and Tampa. Steve Shale runs the pro-Biden pack called Unite the Country, and he says things are looking good in the all-important I-4 corridor. Yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged by some of the Tampa-Orlando numbers. I mean, Tampa and Orlando are very different places, you know, so Tampa... You know, our turnout there is going to be much more senior whites, suburban white women. There's always work to be done. And so I'm not discounting that there's still work we need to do. But, you know, I, I feel very good about Tampa. Um, you know, I think that's where you should be. And I'm glad they're making that trip. I think it's a it's a it's it's exactly the trip I would do if I was on the hard side. Go to Broward and go to, and go to uh, Tampa. You know, Orlando is a little bit a, a different kind of place. You know, Orlando is, you know, you have sort of urban Orlando, which is which is very much Baltimore, very young, very diverse, you know, and then you've got sort of the suburban counties, which are a little bit older, uh, a little bit more mix of, you know, again, college educated, non-college uh, whites. And I mean, I feel pretty good about Orlando, Osceola. I think, you know, a lot of communities, there's a cultural orientation towards in-person voting closer to the election. And so I'm encouraged by where the numbers are. I think, you know, there's definitely work to be done. Obviously, a long ways to go, but I, I you know, I, I like where things are in I four right now. I, I think that coalition of, 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 you know, seeing really good turnout among black voters and and seeing, you know, him doing better with suburban whites and, and white seniors is that's how we win Florida. Shale is also predicting black turnout in Florida could be just as high for Biden as it was for Barack Obama. The latest figures from the state elections office show black voters are really not all that enthused about voting by mail. Adrian Shropshire with Black Pack a left-leaning political action committee focused on mobilizing and engaging with African-American voters, says that's really not surprising because most blacks would rather vote in person since that's the best way to make sure your vote is actually counted. What is motivating black voters right now um, is this sort of uh, three-pronged crisis um, facing uh, black communities. And obviously that is partly driven by the COVID-19 crisis, um, both in terms of the health implications, um, the number of cases and the number of deaths and those kind of loss that people are experiencing. Um, obviously, the economic implications um, of uh, the, the crisis um, and the kinds of uh, instability that people are feeling. And then lastly, there is this overarching um, racism and systemic racism um, in, in multiple places, not just um, in our law enforcement, um, but 
coming to terms with uh, the way in which systemic racism uh, infects many parts of our society. And obviously that's being felt um, by black voters right now um, because it is being amplified uh, by the president of the United States. Um, and that is obviously uh, motivating um, uh, for black voters. And I was talking to our canvassers yesterday about what they're hearing from people. Uh, and you know they're hearing what we know, what we would anticipate, which is that um, people want this president gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are prepared to do what's necessary to make that real. Referring to it as excitement is probably wrong, right? Because I think that people are um, angry <laughs> about what is happening in the country. And they're more, I would say, determined than, you know, excited about what's happening um, right now. Early voting continues in Florida, but there have been some problems. Next up on Sunrise In-Depth, you'll hear from the folks at Common Cause who have mobilized for the election and the aftermath. But first, a word from our sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. There really aren't many white hats in the political process, but Common Cause is one of them. It's a nonpartisan grassroots organization dedicated to upholding the core values of American democracy, working to create an open, honest, and accountable government that serves the public interest, promotes equal rights, opportunity, and representation for all. As you can imagine, the 2020 election has them on full alert, DEFCON 5. Liza McClanahan chairs the governing board of Common Cause Florida. So the biggest takeaway in Florida right now is, again, voter enthusiasm. 6.9 million Floridians have already cast their ballot, 2.8 million in early voting, and 4 million by mail. There are about 2 million ballots that are still out there, vote-by-mail ballots that could be returned. And we have four or five days left for early voting, along with Election Day. We've recruited about 2,500 volunteers through our protectthevote.net program. We've trained 700 of them. Our partners have trained another 1,000 to be poll monitors, whether they're stationary outside the 150-foot no solicitation zone or roving in their cars, staying safe from the COVID pandemic. We've also got 500 folks who've signed up to do social media monitoring so they can track information that voters are posting on Facebook or Twitter or private accounts in Nextdoor and other kinds of platforms to respond to their questions and issues and make sure that they're addressed as expeditiously as possible. We are deploying our poll monitors in 25 major counties, but we're covering most of the state, probably 55 counties with smaller groups of folks who are those enthusiastic volunteers who want to do something this election cycle. And because this is Florida, there are problems. McClanahan says voters have faced intimidation tactics at some precincts, and they've appealed to the state attorney general to at least say something about it. There have been a handful of reports across the state on voter intimidation. We've been working with the supervisor of elections officials and 
in one case, we have sent a letter to the sheriff in Pinellas County with our concerns about the issue, sharing information about the definition of voter intimidation. We've also sent a letter to Attorney General Ashley Moody, simply asking her to put out a statement about voter intimidation not being tolerated in the state of Florida. We await her response. Humans aren't the only ones that could undermine this election. Glanahan says Mother Nature is creating problems in Northwest Florida. Big problem we have coming is Hurricane Zeta for the Panhandle, which has been hit a number of times already this election season. Um, So we've got counties who are cutting short their early voting hours today and tomorrow, and we'll see what the storm does, what, what other impacts that storm may have on election day polling sites if anything is damaged or there's flooding in those locations. We want to encourage everybody at this point to put their vote-by-mail ballot in a drop box at either an early vote site or an election day site at the supervisor's office because there's no time for the U.S. Postal Service to deliver. And again, in those panhandle counties, the post office, even though it has a motto, may not be able to deliver the mail to voters or return from the voters after a major storm. Escambia, Santa Rosa, and Okaloosa counties are scaling back early voting because of the hurricane, and that is Trump country. If the president loses votes in the panhandle, it could theoretically cost him the state's 29 electoral votes. Today's calendar of events begins at 9.30 as Florida Tax Watch holds its annual meeting online with Attorney General Ashley Moody, Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, and political analyst Susan McManus. Trustees at the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind meet at 9.30 in St. Augustine to interview candidates to become the next president of the school. The Central Florida Commuter Rail Commission's SunRail Advisory Board holds a teleconference at 10. The Florida Supreme Court releases its weekly opinions at 11. And at 6, the Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission continues a series of webinars about proposed rule changes related to waterfowl in restricted hunting areas. Finally today, a Florida woman who returned more than 42,000 items through 31 different accounts with Amazon is charged with scamming the online retailer over a five-year period. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office says 32-year-old Hoy Tibma of Tampa thought she had found a loophole by reusing prepaid shipping labels created for canceled orders and applying them to other Amazon returns. That made it appear as though she had paid the shipping cost on the returns when she hadn't, and she received more than $100,000 in reimbursements for the postage. The charge is grand theft. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.